Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo, and in this podcast, you're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Hi there, and a warm welcome to our twice-weekly smorgasbord of all things spectral. You're tuned to podcast number 58. And a quick reminder from me to take part in the RSGB survey about the strengths and weaknesses of amateur radio now and how the hobby can be developed for the future. Just go to rsgb.org forward slash survey. I think it's really important that as many radio enthusiasts as possible take part in this exercise. So now to our first item. Well, you've heard me banging on relentlessly about the seeming lack of regulation in the UK when it comes to the import of substandard electrical items. These sorts of things are cheap because they've been constructed to standards lower than the UK requires. They may work, but you are potentially inviting electrically dangerous risks or fire hazards into your home. And from a radio enthusiast's point of view, the possibility that these items will be a major pollutant of the electromagnetic spectrum. Your average consumer may not be able to detect this illegal radiation directly, but they may just wonder why their TV remote or their DAB radio perform badly. In a perhaps surprising but very welcome development, eBay has launched an initiative to help the regulator to kill off the sale of substandard items at source. The BBC reports that the online sales platform eBay is handing regulators such as Ofcom the power to remove listings directly. Officials will be able to remove items where they have evidence of a risk to consumer safety, eBay said. Online marketplaces such as eBay are engaged in a constant battle to ferret out unsafe items sold by their users, and this is partly because nearly anyone can create a listing on online auction sites eBay said that the move was designed to speed up the removal of illegal or unsafe items without waiting for approval from the company. Only selected, trusted authorities will have access to the new control tools. Those that do will have the ability to take down any listings from the marketplace themselves, the company said. More than 50 authorities around the world are already involved in the early stages of the project, it added. The initiative seems to be mainly directed at the sale of substandard and dangerous electrical goods. Whether this includes items such as power supplies sold with no suppression components is not specifically mentioned. But theoretically, this could enable Ofcom to remove products that do not conform to the UK's EMC requirements. Devices that do not suppress electromagnetic radiation, such as power bricks and lighting dimmer switches, add greatly to the burden of man-made noise suffered by radio amateurs and commercial users of the radio spectrum. 
You can read the full BBC story at www.bbc.co.uk forward slash news and head for the technology section. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. Great news now from the Antipodes. After careful negotiations, New Zealand has been successful in obtaining a radio amateur allocation at 5 MHz. The new sub-licence has already gone live. The New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters is pleased to announce that negotiations with their regulator RSM have been successful in obtaining a licence to allow all New Zealand amateur radio operators to operate in the 60 metre band, that's 5 MHz, using the WRC15 allocation. Following the end of the two-channel 60-metre New Zealand trial in 2020, Bob Vernal, Zulu Lima 2 Charlie Alpha, has been successful in obtaining clearance for the new amateur secondary allocation, 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz. Thanks go to Bob for all his work in this area. The maximum allowable power is the usual WRC15 level of 15 watts EIRP. As with the old 60-metre trial, all those who wish to operate on the band must complete and sign a new sub-licence, which sets out the terms of the operation before you can operate. Even if they were involved in the previous trial, all users of this band must complete the new sub-licence application. Once completed, it can be scanned and emailed to NZARTHQ. Once acknowledged by return email, radio amateurs can begin operation. The NZART main licence and the 60-metre sub-licence are valid for a 12-month period to allow the regulator RSM to assess if there are any interference issues. If not, then NZART will negotiate with RSM to have the 60-metre band allocation added to the general user radio licence. If this negotiation is successful, then the need for the sub-licence will not be required in the future. And our thanks for this story to Paul Gaskell, Golf 4 Mike Whiskey Oscar, who is the editor of the 5 MHz newsletter. Over in the Republic of Ireland, the National Society has just held its annual general meeting. Here's a report on the activities, which included discussions on the introduction of a new licence class. The Irish Radio Transmitters Society, AGM, was held on April the 24th. Each year, trophies are presented to amateurs who achieve a very high standard in home construction. This year, the Folan Shield was presented to Tom Nevin, Echo India 4 Hotel Charlie Bravo, and the Kevin Freeney Trophy was presented to Darwin Penamora, Echo India 4 Kilo X-Ray. There was only one motion before the 2021 AGM, and this came from the Galway Radio Experimenters Club, who asked that IRTS, in representing Ireland, supported the inclusion of a new licence level in Ireland as part of a three-year plan. Following a well-researched and well-presented case by the Galway representatives, the motion was nevertheless defeated by the narrowest of margins. ERA only has one class of licence, permitting up to one kilowatt output. The Harrick equivalent exam comprises 60 questions, substantially fewer than the proposed Radio Society of Great Britain direct-to-full exam in the UK. Although the company that runs the RSGB online exams, Test Reach Limited, is based in Dublin, no online exams are available in error. 
All exams are in person and are held infrequently at a limited number of testing centres. Next year's annual general meeting will be hosted by the South Eastern Radio Group. Date and venue to be announced. And you can read more at www.irts.ie. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. And finally for this time, South African amateur radio satellite enthusiasts have been battling to communicate with their Neutron One device. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't do what it's told. So the team are hoping that amateurs around the world will help them to gain a bit more control over their bird. Amber Whiskey Hotel 6 Golf Golf India reports that the Neutron One CubeSat team, part of AMSAT South Africa, is looking for amateurs around the world to help troubleshoot its satellite. The team believes that the satellite goes into safe mode intermittently, making communications difficult. The satellite has had an operational beacon since deployment, but its operation is irregular. The beacon downlink should be 60 seconds apart. Beacons have been captured by various amateurs around the world and via the SATNOG's ground station satellite network. Commands have been transmitted to change the beacon rate and the satellite has responded correctly, but the success rate is only approximately 1%. With broader community involvement, the team believes it should be able to increase the probability of successful communications with the satellite. The Neutron One team are asking for the community's involvement to attempt to send a larger set of commands that would allow them to troubleshoot the satellite and attempt to make it fully operational. The goal is to get Neutron One to be more responsive to commands sent from the ground and to activate the science payload and download its data. You can find out more about how to send commands to the satellite at www.amsatsa.org.za. And if you plan to have a go at transmitting commands or have received the satellite beacon, or if you have any questions, then please contact the team via email n1-info at hsfl.hawaii.edu. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.